Well, the countdown has happened already. Not just a countdown of minutes or hours, but, but the countdown for the kids. Now, I just want to know, I'm not asking the parents, I want to know how many of you kids already opened your gifts? Raise your hand. You opened one. Not, oh, some adults, okay, you can raise your hand because your kids do. Okay, see, we, good job, kids. It's the adults that open up their gifts. Now, I know we're excited because it is Christmas and we do, you know, receive gifts. And and it's okay because one of the greatest things about Christmas is that God gave us a gift. And so we give each other gifts. And I like receiving gifts. In fact, we we have so many gifts, like, uh, from people that I'm so grateful for. And I, I thought, boy, it just never stops. I think because the size of our church... And, and please, hear my heart on this, okay? Uh, people will give me so much food, which I'm fine with. I am okay with. And I will try every single one that you give. I will. I will, I will try every single one. I won't eat it all, but I'll try every single one. And in this season of Christmas, you're going to receive gifts and you're going to give gifts. Sometimes you receive gifts that you don't like. And that's Okay. In fact, someone gave me a gift and, and, and they didn't have time to wrap it. And so they said, you know, I, I'm so sorry I didn't wrap it. So it's in a bag, and, and, but, but this is your Christmas gift. And, and, and I, I, jokingly, I said this. I was just joking. I said, you know, it's, not, it's really not the thought that counts. It's the gift. <laughs> Some of you are still thinking. <laughs> really? I mean, think about it. In all truth, some of us just want the gift. We could care less about the thought if it's a good gift. My wife and I, we were eating dinner and I, we were kind of reminiscing on some of the things that, you know, how we grew up and, and how we met and then, you know, dating and things like that. And, and then she reminded me that my gift came in earlier than we thought. And so I was excited because it was paintbrushes. Now, I, I love art. I love painting and things. So she bought me this set of paintbrushes. And so I'm so excited that I have these paintbrushes. And, and I said, can I open it? She goes, no, it's not Christmas yet. I said, yeah, but if I open it, then I can paint you something. Then I can sell it and give you money. <laughs> and she says, no. I said, that's how it works. Like, you get me paintbrushes, and I'll, I'll make stuff, and then I'll sell it, and then I'll give you the money. And she goes, it's kind of like a circle. Like, I'll give you a gift. You make something. You sell it. You give me the money. It's like a circle. I said, no, it's, it's not a circle. It's a nine. It goes from you. It comes to me, and it just goes back to you. Nothing else comes back to me after that. The money stays there. It just goes and goes back. Now, you'll receive gifts. You'll give gifts. Some of you will buy yourself a gift. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and you'll say to your husband or your wife, thank you for buying me this. And they'll say, oh, how much was it? It really doesn't matter at that point how much it was because it's been bought. Gifts are going to be exchanged during this time. I've heard some tragic stories from some people that, that some of their gifts have been taken. Some people never got gifts. Christmas, even though we come across good and not so good times, Christmas brings more than just gifts we'll have fun with the gifts we'll open the gifts and christmas brings that kind of joy and we love to do that 
See, the greatest gift that was given to us can never be taken away. The greatest gift that we've been given can never be bought or sold, can never be bargained for. But as expensive as this gift is, it's free. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, more than that, when Christ came to this earth, it wasn't just a gift that God was bringing to us. You see, as history was continually going on and moving forward, mankind came to a place where we were at a standstill. Or we came to a place where it was about a religion, where we did things to please God. God, being the Almighty Father, and His heart for His people said, you know what, it's not, it's not a religion. It's a relationship that I want. And so... In your, if you have your notes in there, there's a, there's a scripture there, our first scripture. John 3, 16. For God so, what, what did he do? So, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Let's read the rest together. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, I, I might be thinking, maybe just like you, saved from what? Yeah, we could say, oh, saved from eternal separation, saved from uh, my sins, saved from a lifestyle that's not good for me. What am I being saved from? Now, all of us will question God from time to time. We'll have thoughts about God. We'll have thoughts about Christmas and the season that comes and goes. But really, there's more to Christmas than just the gift, listen very carefully, of Jesus Christ. Because how many of us, we know Jesus Christ, but we only pay attention to him at Christmas. See, Christmas is so much more than God giving his son to die for us. There's so much more to Christmas that God wants us to see. And God wants us, especially those who have received the gift of Jesus Christ and those who do believe in Jesus Christ, to not just believe in Him, but to continue on further and to bring joy to the rest of the world, which means that I must receive God's joy first in order to give it away. How many times I see people that, and I've done this before, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I'm not the most joyful person in the world to be around. I can say I love God and I love Jesus Christ and I believe in Him, but my joy shows otherwise. Can we all do this with one another? And, and not to point finger at the person next to you, but can we just do this tonight if we haven't this year or any time of our lives? Receive the Lord's joy. You see, the Lord's joy is a different kind of joy. And if you're taking notes, you can write that in. Because it's a different kind of joy. It's not like the joy of the world. Because the joy of the world will come and fade. It will. It will come and, and be very uh, exuberant. It'll be exciting. It'll be joyful for a season. And then it fades away. That happens to me all the time when I get something new. If we get a new car, oh, I'm excited because the car is brand new. It can make it up hills and it has air conditioning. And it smells good. But then five years later, it's the worst thing in the world. You got, you know, cereal all over the place, spoiled milk in the corners. You have dust and, 
and all kinds of cinder piles. Well, I live out in the park, so I have like lava fields in my car. It's not the, it's not, it no longer stays the greatest thing in the world. Because things are temporary when it comes to joy, if we put our joy into things. Now, it's okay to be happy about things. When we open our gifts, we're going to be happy. Believe me, I am happy to receive gifts. I am. I'm joyful that we are in this season. But more than that, Lord, may I receive your joy. Because that will not fade. Some of us will go to work on Sunday or Monday and we go back to almost like the regular days or the regular season. And it's no longer that joyful time. But even though the season may not be joyful at that time, joy still should reside in our hearts. See, God gave us that kind of joy. When the shepherds were out in the field, and if you know the Christmas story, the, angel, the angels appeared and then they, they, they said, we bring you good news. And the people were afraid, the shepherds were afraid, and, and in Luke chapter 2 verse 10, the angels said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. You know that word great? It's a word megas. That word, we can see that word, it means, it means larger, huge, over and beyond, numerous and quantity, or abundant. That's where you get the word mega. In other words, what he's saying is, I, I, I give you good tidings of great, mega, huge, abundant joy. Like, I'm not just coming as an angel and saying, oh, I'm coming to make you happy. It's going to be a happy time. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm bringing you the greatest news in the world that you cannot even contain, that you won't be able to handle this kind of joy. You see, the joy of the Lord is a different kind of joy. The news that he brings is so great that if you receive it, you'll have a large amount, abundant mass of joy. Listen, so much joy that you will have to give it away. Or it'll just spill over. It'll just spill over to people. Now, I am thankful for the gifts that, I get, that I'm receiving. And, and like I said, I have a lot of snacks at home. I stare at them every day. And I'll test each one. But I have so much snacks that I can give it away. Normally, I won't share. Normally, if somebody gives me something good, I don't share it. I, I, I'll try to share because it's good, right, kids? It's good to share. I'll try to share, but if it's good, I have a very hard time sharing. Now, don't laugh because if it was your favorite food, you would have a difficult time sharing too. But it's easy to share when you have an abundant, a large amount, quantity, that's the kind of joy he brings. See, sometimes we say, well, I, I have a difficult time with so-and-so. I, I can't love so-and-so. I can't. God said, you're not going to. I'm going to give you a kind of joy, a kind of love that will overflow and it will extend to your spouse, to your family, to your children, to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to the city, and to the rest of the world. See, the world does not have enough to fill us with the kind of joy that overflows. It just doesn't have enough. See, God has the power to fill us with so much joy that our only option would be to give it away. I'm sure there will be times when, when we're hit with sadness or loss or heartbreak or pain or suffering or setback or even consequences. But when I receive the joy that comes from the Lord, for some reason, 
I'm still able to live and live a life more abundantly, as the Bible says. Why? Because Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where we get our strength. We're not going to get our strength from other places. Now, you can work out and you can have physical strength. You can do meditations and you can read books and have some kind of strength. But really, the kind of strength that God gives to us is a different kind of strength because it's fueled by His joy, even though we go through difficult times. And He gives us that joy not just so that we can keep it to ourselves, so that we can spread that out to other people. So many times... People will call me later or even text me or give me an email and they'll, they'll tell me this, smile when you're driving. And I'm thinking, who are these people? Like you stay on the corner and watch when people go by, oh, not smiling, click, 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 click. But it's true. So many times we just catch ourselves not smiling, not because we don't want to. Maybe we're thinking, maybe we're in deep thought of something, maybe we're contemplating something or or maybe it's true. Maybe we're just not joyful. Now, we understand that it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. So look at the person next to you, and it'll cause you to smile. Watch this. Just look at the person next to you. It'll cause you to smile. Look at that. That's amazing. You're even laughing. I don't know why, but I don't know if you want to laugh. But it just does. And it takes less muscles to smile. God created us that way. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, we, if, if therefore the joy of the Lord is our strength, how do I get that? Like, do I just come to church and then I receive that and then I'm all happy, happy? Or do I have to stay in church Sundays and Wednesdays and, and be involved somewhere? How does that work? How do, I, how do I get that kind of joy? Because there are times where I just don't like my life. I don't like what's going, around, going on around me. I just don't, I'm not having the greatest time right now in my life. How do I get that kind of joy? Think about it. We'll go through those seasons. If you're taking notes, can you write this in the second thing? To learn to live with His kind of joy. Learn to live with His kind of joy. And I think we've learned for too long how to live with the world's kind of joy. You know, that is the only, that, those, that kind of joy is only temporary and weak at its very best. Because we, we try our very best to live to the extreme without coming to know Christ. And we'll say, well, I'm fine, I, I'm okay, until something drastic happens. But learn to live with His kind of joy. Because the world will never offer the kind of joy that God does. In Psalm 16, verse 11 the psalmist says that you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forevermore. You see, it's his presence that really brings us true joy. Otherwise, everything else is going to be temporary. Now, isn't it true there are certain people that when you hang around them and they're, they're that kind of people, they're joyful, they're happy, they, they're, uh, they're very encouraging, that you just like being around those people. You just like hanging around them because they're joyful. They, they, they just exude that kind of, of, of uh, strength. It's, it's a kind of joy that the world doesn't offer. On the other side, isn't it a pain to hang around people who do not have that kind of joy? Yes. Now, you might be thinking, I never hang around people with that kind of joy, like negative. You might be that person. 
you just might be that person. Just a thought. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying there's a thought. I tell my wife often, I love hanging out with you. For my wife and I, there was this one time we were playing cards. And we're playing cards and, and all night playing cards over and over because um, I was losing. And I said, one more game, one more game. She said, I'm done already, one more game. And we kept playing cards, playing cards. And she said, listen. And I said, what? She goes, listen. Do you hear that? I said, what is it? She goes, birds. Birds. A couple hours ago, there were crickets. There are birds. It's morning time. I'm done. I said, come on, just one more game, one more game. And then I finally won. And then I said, okay, we're done. We're done. She told me years later she let me win because she was sick and tired of playing. And I said, I didn't want to win. That wasn't the issue. I said, I just love being in your presence. That was it. She said, no, you just didn't want to lose. But I love being in her presence. I love being with her. I love hanging out with her. If you were to say to yourself or ask yourself a question, that pertain to your joy? Would it be a question that, that challenged when you're joyful? Or would it be a question of why am I not joyful? Or maybe it's a question of I think I'm not joyful. It's not actually a question. It may be a statement. I think I'm not joyful because and then you would fill in the blanks. I wonder if we were to put ourselves into deep thought when it came to joy, what, our, what the outcome would be. Because we all, from time to time, will go up and then we'll go down. True joy, we find that it's, it's something that must last longer than an item. True joy. It must last longer than the day. It must last longer than how I feel. And God understood how he created us. That we would be people who would be joyful one moment and then we would be saddened the next moment because of life. But when I learned to live with, with his kind of joy, even though I go through ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys, even though I go through the most difficult seasons of life, even though I struggle through seasons, his kind of joy sustains me. It's able to keep me in a place that continuously gives me strength for the days ahead. See, when things, we, or we think, things will bring us true joy, we find out that it, it will not last forever because it fades away when whatever it is fades away. Only if I put all of my joy into things, into money, into notoriety. If I put my joy into things, it'll start to fade away. But when I put my joy in the Lord and live with his kind of joy, that is eternal. Because it's a part of who he is. It actually, it actually remains you know, when we put our joy in him, it remains. Now, I know as we grow up as kids, we, we, we learn to be happy when we get things. 
And people give us things because they love us. Why do you think God gave us his one and only son? The Bible says because he loves us. So it's good to give gifts because it's a part of what God created us to do. He created us to be givers. But I wonder if, I wonder if my joy gets skewed or sidetracked because I'm not putting it in him. See, John 15, 11 says it like this, that these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. See that word full, and I'm going to have us repeat this word because it's a word I want us to remember. It's actually a Greek word. It's a little difficult to say, but I think we'll get it. It's plaro'o. Can you say that? Plaro'o. Try it. Plaro'o. You got to roll your tongue. If you're Filipino, you got it just like that. I mean, just like that, you have the plaro'o. You'll get it. But that actually means to fill to the top full so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure or full to the brim. It's like to the top. Plaro'o. It's to the top. It's kind of like if you had a, a, a cup of water and, and you plaro'o. I can't even say it now. I said it too many times. And, and it's full to the brim. It's like if someone were to bump you, what would happen? It would spill over. That's the kind of joy God is saying he wants to fill us with. That in case someone bumps you or the ways of the world hit you blindsided, things won't come out of your mouth that are different than normal language. But the joy of the Lord will come out. I've seen it in lines. I've seen it driving. I've seen it uh, in the parking lot. I've seen it in my heart. That when somebody does something not good, something comes out of me. It's like this little thing inside of me that just wants to lash out at people. If you're in line and someone cuts in front of you, what happens? How do you deal with that? When you're driving and someone pulls in front of you, how do you deal with that? When you go to the store and someone's in front of you talking to the cash, you know, the register, uh, the, the cashier, talking story, and you're in a rush, and they're saying, so how's the family? How's the kids? How your kids are grown up already, yeah? What a some big, yeah? Oh, you're going to buy something. Bleep. Yeah, so, so they're going to college. Oh, college. Oh. Bleep. Bleep. College. Oh, so how long have they been gone? And for days, you got to wait. Now, what happens? What are you doing? What's happening in your heart? Something comes out. Something happens. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. That's why we're in church. <laughs> but I wonder if, if, if it is true that God is saying, I want to fill you afresh with joy that's overflowing. I wonder what would happen in those times when, when maybe with a loved one or, or in a relationship or with our spouse, that they may bump us the wrong way or say something that hurts us. What, what comes out after that? See, God gives us joy so that we can bring joy to the rest of the world. He's spoken to us that his joy may be full, that it remains in us. See, he doesn't want us to just plaro'o and be full. He wants us to overspill to every single person, which means in the last point, to be a deliverer of his hope and joy. 
Who else is going to deliver it? Who else is going to deliver God's hope and joy? It's his people. Not too many people understand his hope and joy. We're the delivery system that God uses to bring hope and joy to a dying world. When Jesus was born and he, he came into this world, the shepherds went out and told everyone what they have witnessed. And that joy continued to spread. And as Jesus grew up and as he started his ministry, as he got older, he, he gave that joy to everyone he came in contact with, including what we know as the disciples. He gave them the kind of joy that only God can give. Gave it to the disciples. And then the disciples took it from there and spread the rest of the joy that God gave to them to the whole entire world, the known world at that time. And as the early church was being born, that's what, that's what set them apart from the rest of the world. That people could see that there was something different about these guys, that there was a joy like no other. No, it wasn't happiness. It wasn't because they had things. It was because they had something that couldn't be bought, sold, or traded for. It was something that was lived, something that was given, something that remained. And in Acts 15, verse 3, as they were going out, so being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, which means those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, or at that time there were the Jews and the non-Jews, or the Gentiles. And here's what happened. They caused great joy to all the brethren. It wasn't a kind, the kind of joy that when you receive something, it was the kind of joy that is given by God. Now you may think, I, I'm in a season of my life, I don't think I can be joyful. Or I try to be joyful when seasons are difficult. I try to be. But I would say this. When we learn to live with His kind of joy and we're overflowing, we actually, we actually become a deliverer of his hope and joy. And listen, when we're being the deliverer, a deliverer of his hope and joy, we will think that our glass will become empty. But no, it's not. We're not, we're not necessarily pouring out hope and joy. We're just staying in his presence, being a part of what he's doing in our lives, loving him, allowing him to love us. And that joy that he gives to us just automatically overflows. So your life is not drained. My life will become drained if I fake joy. I can't do that for too long. I just can't. People will recognize it. People will notice it. Relationships will go astray because they know that it's not a true kind of joy. See, when the, when the shepherds saw Jesus in the manger... They received, they learned what true joy was, and they too became a deliverer to everyone else of his hope and joy. And as they did that, they continued, the Bible says, to glorify God in everything that they did. Because they understood that they were a deliverer, they were the delivery system of hope and joy. Some time ago, I was speaking to one of my friends, and and we're just talking about some TV shows, and, and he, he was saying, well, there's, there's this one TV show that, 
that they help people find lost loved ones. And he said, it's an amazing show because they find their long-lost relatives or, or whoever it may be, and then when they're reunited, oh my goodness, the emotion that is there and the, the joy and the, 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 the happiness that they have. And I said, you know, I was just watching a show last night, and some of you watch this, and it's like the extreme makeover, the home edition. You know, Ty Pennington, he comes in, good morning, Loxena family. I'm just waiting for those words. Good morning, Loxena family. And then everybody comes out, and then they actually demolish their house, and then build them another one, better than what it was from before. And as we're talking, I said, boy, I would love to do something like that for someone. I said, I would love to find people that their homes are broken down, that they have no more hope left, to go to their home and, and say, good morning, and, and say, your life is about to change. I would love to do that. And my friend said, I would do. And I said, you know, I was thinking about that, that I would love to do something like that. And it's like the Lord spoke to my heart. That the Lord said, I've given you something extraordinarily better. I gave you the kind of joy that is way better than what the world will ever build. That my joy actually has the power to override, to break down, to knock down old, painful lives, broken down hearts. It has the power to rebuild to what I see can be better, more joyful, stronger, and lasting. And my friend said, me too. That's what I felt the Lord saying. That in what he allows us to do as receiving his joy and giving it away, that kind of joy never goes away, never fades away. He gives us that kind of hope and joy. Not so that we keep it for ourselves, but so that we spread it out to the whole entire world. Romans 15, 13, it says it like this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, that word abound means to overflow. That word abounding is used to when a flower is going from bud to full bloom. If you've ever watched a flower go from bud to full bloom, it's extraordinary. Some of them just go to full boom, but some go to full bloom. And that's the word that he uses. This Christmas, can we be people who along with gifts glorify God by bringing joy to the world? How about that? What do you say? Can we do that? Let's do that. I say amen to that. You can put away your notes and we're going to conclude. You know, if any of you have uh, a newborn and maybe they're beginning to crawl or maybe even walk or stand, they get into everything. They grab things, they pull things down, they want to play with the socket, you know, they grab wires. So everything moves up. Everything's unplugged. You put in those, you know, those plug protectors. You, you just protect your whole house. If you have a grandchild that you watch every now and then, you know how that can be when, when they're just uh, 
we call them a terror. They just wreck everything. My wife and I, we will watch our grandson from time to time, and, and he's a little over a year old, and that kid can run. You know, he'll run around, and I don't know what he's speaking, but he's speaking something, and he'll just get all over everything. So we have to move things around. At the end of the day, watching him, for about seven hours, seven hours, I'm dying. Seven hours. My house is a wreck. I'm, I'm looking at my house, I'm thinking, where'd this all come from? How many toys does he have to play with? Why are all these dishes in the sink? He eats mush. We didn't cook anything. Why are there like three sippy cups? Where did all this come from? And why am I tired? Old, I know, getting old, I understand that. And so we pack everything up and, and we put him in the car seat and then we take him back home. My wife and I come home, we clean up and we're just dead tired. But you know, when we start talking about the time we spent with him, oh, there goes the weariness. There goes, goes the frustration. There goes the, the tired heart. There goes the distractions. There goes the heaviness. And we just talk about him. And I thought, God, you are, you are so loving. You are so loving. That we live our lives that, that this world will drain us from. We live lives that this world will just bring chaos to. We live our lives where we look at our homes and it's a wreck. Sometimes our families aren't doing well. We live lives for, to, to our very best. And sometimes we're not satisfied with it. But God so loved the world that He said, I'm, I'm going to send you a baby that when you can talk about Him, when you can think about Him, when you can live with Him, when you can understand how much joy He brings, oh, there goes there goes a life that feels worthless because now in the presence of an almighty God it's, it's now worth it and when I can have that relationship with Jesus Christ when I understand the love that he brings oh things just melt away it just melts away it's the kind of joy that only he can bring In this season we call Christmas, can we end the night by singing happy birthday to Jesus Christ? Can we do that? Actually, we'll pray first and then we'll sing happy birthday. So would you bow your heads with me and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have given us your son, Jesus Christ. 
that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, I'm so thankful that you've brought us here together so that we could understand why during this season we celebrate Jesus Christ. It's because you gave us the greatest gift of all. A baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. Maybe not like how we would do it, but you knew better. So Lord, I pray right now if there's anyone here that that maybe, just maybe, they've been at a place where the joy of the world has run out. It's gone. It no longer exists. And maybe they've been coming to a dead end every time they think that what they chase after, what they pursue, will bring true joy. And I pray right now that you have spoken to to those that don't understand about true joy, that now they understand that it's Jesus Christ. And if there are people that, and you're sitting here and you're saying, I don't have that kind of joy because I've never made that exchange. I've never, I've never accepted his joy because I didn't understand. I'm going to say a prayer and And I pray that you would too. In fact, let's all say this prayer, meaning with all our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him into this world to bring joy to this world. I believe he grew up. I believe he died on the cross. And I believe he rose again. To give me eternal life and eternal joy in Jesus' name. And I want to give those that, that just said that prayer for the very first time an opportunity to be prayed over right now. I'm going to ask everyone if they could just keep their heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment. If you just said that prayer for the very first time and you made that exchange, even those that are in the extended sanctuary, if you said that prayer for the very first time, I want to pray for you. Could you just lift a hand real boldly and no one's going to look around. I'm, I'm just looking to pray for you. Lift your hands up. Heavenly Father, you see these hands. You know the hearts and those who have said yes to you today, Lord. I pray specifically that, that they would tell someone that this will be the greatest decision that they will ever make in their entire life. And I pray that as they accept your joy, that they in turn would be a deliverer of joy that they would be that in which you give joy and extend joy from to the rest of the world. You can put your hands. And for all of us, Lord, we're so thankful that you've given us the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Happy birthday, Jesus. In your name we pray. We all said amen. Let's congratulate those that said yes to Jesus Christ, even in the extended sanctuary. Congratulations. We actually have a free gift for those who said yes to Jesus Christ. And, and you can go see an usher and, and, uh, and they'll give you some instruction. I think we have a Bible for you and, some, uh, and a, a gift to go along with that. And it'll help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. Can we all stand tonight and let's stand together. And, and if you can, just take a hold of the person's hand next to you. And we're going we're gonna to sing happy birthday to Jesus. Am I lighting that? Am, do I, are we lighting it or are we just not lighting it we can't make fires in here I believe are we lighting it 
Okay, we're not going to light it because Jesus is the light of the world. How's that? That's what I say. Let's sing Happy Birthday to Jesus. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, dear Jesus. Happy Birthday.